This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft. But I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go. Live life and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I hope everybody's having a great and peaceful week. I know it's not perfect, but for the most part, I hope your week has been pleasant. And if not, I hope this show can help that as well. So we got some news to talk about. Nothing really big, not a lot of news, but the news that I have is, well, I wouldn't say that. I mean... I guess if you're, you know, a wrestling fan, it's not, you know, there's some big news going on, if you will, you know, especially when it pertains to CM Punk and AEW. And that's going to be, that's a whole nother subject that you could listen to me talk about on Sunday night's main event on TSN radio, uh, with the gang there and Boris on uh, rampage ramble, if you will. But it's not to say that we don't talk about it here, but it's like, this is more of our favorite fandoms of anime, comics, and movies, and games. So if it pertains to that, then we'll get deeper on that new. But there is some big news going on in the world pertaining to SAG-AFTRA and the video game industry. So we're going to talk about that mostly, which probably is going to take up a lot of time. We're also going to talk about my thoughts on Dragon Quest uh, Ventures of Die, which is on Hulu, the a- exclusively English dub on Hulu. So I want to give my thoughts on the first few episodes that I checked out because there's a game based on the anime and manga coming out this month so you know we're going to talk about why you may want to check this out as well or i also want to talk about mcdonald's believe it or not mcdonald's is flexing hard with this new campaign ad and uh we're going to talk about that more i really enjoyed this i I thought it was really dope and uh on our talk topic of the week we are going to talk about season one or Maybe it's the half of season of uh, Netflix's uh, One Piece uh, live action series um, that people have been talking about 
a lot this week and for a reason. And we'll talk about more my thoughts on that and on our talk topic. Before we do any of that, we got to talk anniversaries here because yesterday, September 2nd, for some reason, a lot of things have happened on September 2nd. You know, it's the one positive thing that I can say about Facebook or social media in general, at least in this case, um, Facebook. And when it pertains to them showing memories of things that have happened in your life. And I really, really appreciate that part. That's the part of the algorithm that I do enjoy. (laughs) Everything else is suspect. By the way, if you're listening and you're that person that's trying to hack into my uh, account, nice try. It's not happening. And if I find you, that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. But nonetheless, um, yeah, that's happening. That's happening. Thank God, you know, Facebook has a new thing going on where it's stopping people from doing that because only the people with the emails can get access to certain things. So, so far, so good. I don't need a whole entire situation again like I did when I lost the original Facebook group out there. So, damn if I, you know, lose that too. But I digress. The thing is, is that the memories that I found on September 2nd, it's just weird. Like a lot of things happen on September 2nd, but two more important things happen during that time. One is that I had my, one of my first couple of interviews on that day. Actually, my, it was probably my second interview I've ever done ever. The first one goes to Adam Shube, who's, um, the, a really awesome pixel painter artist that, um, I had a chance to meet during a local, uh, convention and and down in 2013. And this is when ACMG first started, when I rebranded that Facebook group and it be, you know, became ACMG. And it was at the time, there was only like a hundred people, 174, I believe I remember the count. There's like 174 people in that group. And then when I rebranded it, people started to come in. People wanted to migrate. People started to, you know, get more involved. This is when Facebook groups were a new thing and it's not so much anymore. And I, it's funny. I just had a conversation with one of my uh, friends on the Facebook group because he wanted to start a chat, you know, cause now, you know, Facebook is doing these new chats and everything. And the thing is the chat situation. I don't understand the chat situation. What is different about the chat that you could do on a chat that you can't do on a regular Facebook page or a fan page or a Facebook group platform? There's no different. It just seems a little bit more like a creepier way to just hide away in in, in a dark alley and do something and do some skeevy stuff that you don't can't normally do elsewhere. You know, it, it just seems a little bit more introverted, like you're going deeper down the well of introvert, uh, introverted atmospheres or whatever like that. I mean, it just, that's what it feels to me. But in this case, Facebook groups were like a new thing. And this is when I was like, okay, I knew I could do something really cool with this. So one of the things I wanted to do was just, you know, really do some fandom things that I've never, that I know a lot of people wouldn't be doing in their other group, Facebook groups, like a, a the graphic cosmetic aspect, which we now see more everywhere. You know, there's a lot of great, banners out there and everything you didn't see that when he first started when it first started banners were just the banners that you saw on facebook groups were just pictures of all the members that you had on there and you could add 
a, a, a custom banner on for you, which I was like, now let me, let me let this thing stay out. And once I did it, I'm not saying I'm the first, but I'm, I'm just saying you started seeing a bunch of people do it because now it's like, okay, now they put in quality into it. Now this person managed to do it. I'm not saying I'm the first, I'm just saying I didn't see it until I put it out there. But when I started adding more quality uh, aspects to it, one of the things I wanted to do was really go deep in a fandom. So I realized that Philadelphia at the time had a lot of awesome fandom things like the art scene and the creative scene in Philadelphia when it pertains to our fandom for anime, comics, movies and games was awesome. We had promoters at the time. We had um, good and bad. We had we had um, musicians. We had we still do to some extent. We have artists. We got a whole bunch of people that are just, you know, able to, you know, really do some creative stuff. So I started venturing to these local cons and or events that happened. One of the events that I had consisted of my second interview ever. And that is with the person whose music that you're listening to and listen to every single week um, on this show, during the show, throughout the show. And that is DJ Cutman of Game Shops. It was the first time I ever had a chance to meet him during his album release party. I'm actually looking across my uh my office here because you know his uh the badges for his album release party i still have it uh for his album meow meow and bow wow it was a zelda themed related uh you know deal and this was the first time i really got in to chip tunes like that i did i wasn't aware of chip tunes until i heard this brother do it and then all of a sudden i was like dude this is dope i gotta i gotta learn more about this guy you know and i wanted to do i wanted people to know get to know our community, our artistic community, because, you know, I'm, I'm an artist. I grew up around artists. I was I went to art college, you know, and study art and design thoroughly. And I love seeing other people's work, you know, and us creating this community of creativity around. So getting to learn about other people was is still my favorite thing today. You know, and it's, you see how far I've gotten with this. I came from, you know, talking with DJ Cutman, who's whose career as a producer has gone so greatly over the years. Like he gets millions of views, um, on YouTube. He got YouTube awards. He's got, um, millions of streams on, on Spotify and, and, uh, iHeartRadio, I believe and, and such like that. He he's highly known. And he also now leads a whole bunch of people who does the same thing. So, you know, he, you know, kudos to him and I, you know we've always connected since then so i got a chance to meet him i got a chance to see him perform i met a certain um dj absurdus who is another phenomenal producer as well and it was my first entry not only into chiptunes but dubstep because 2013 dubstep was like the thing for for a short stint it didn't last it did not last at all but when it was out and i honestly i still like a little dubstep every once in a while too because anything that gets you excited and, and energy and, and hyped you know what i'm saying you it's not all of it is great but every once in a while it it you know some of it can really work and it works especially in the world of video games um i remember it was such a thing back then that key and pill if you guys ever watched that show on comedy central at the time key and pill did a whole entire skit on that and to the point that like they really got into it and 
their nose started bleeding <laughs> and things got out of hand in that skit. It was hilarious. It was classic, but it was, um, it, you know, it was, it was a thing back then, but you know, Cutman now all of their beats are now more, a little bit more chilled than it was before. Literally. Cause a lot of their albums are, you know, had the word chill on there. I don't know if it's for therapeutic reasons or not, but it, it works. I, you know, I still like his a little bit more upbeat stuff, but, um, the chill stuff is really good, but we met since then. And we kept reuniting every so often in different things. When I got nominated for the, um, Philly geek award, he was the DJ for that event as well. And, um, we, you know, and through that, we also like this, the, the connection, the inner circle was crazy. Cause it's like, he also has worked with people like, um, like mega ran and done like they did the uh, entire final fantasy, black materia album um the, the second uh, black materia album which it is absolutely fantastic and it's actually again the very music that you're listening to right now is music from the black materia album and black materia 2 album it, it's one of it's my favorite collab with both of those guys you got the best of both worlds in that right there so we've always connected and then you know he actually lived up the street from me for a bit and i used to um you know I used to, you know, go check them out every once in a while. Every once in a while, watch their cat every so often. But we have grown to have such a great relationship that we, you know, we we look out, and um, he's looked out for me definitely. He provides all the all of the music. Like I have his entire catalog <laughs> at my possession for this show, and I can never thank him enough. And just getting to know him, and that's the part of the reason why I'm so adamant about making sure social media is the type of place where you can connect with people because I often have said people don't know how to use social media properly and social media originally what I think I would I believe Mark Zuckerberg's intentions for this was to allow people to connect better it didn't turn out the way that he I believe wanted to but he's also benefiting from what it is now which is sad in a sense, I think he, I, I had, I believe in my heart that he had good intentions going into this thing. Like he didn't understand, he didn't realize the marketing potential of this company until like later on when it started growing. And then he just said, screw, screw community. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to do a lot. And you see where it went from there and where is that now? But believe it or not, people can use social media to connect with people to get in touch with people i've gotten because of social media i've associated with people i would have probably never have met outside of this because one a lot of them live out of the state or even out of the country but i've been able to connect with people and associate myself with people like do you think I wouldn't learn, you know, known Kyle Aber or Molly Flanagan or Amanda C. Miller or Yuri Longthal or Steve Bloom, any of those guys from like, I, I or, or read pop or like, I like for business and friendship, basically I was able to connect with people on account that I had to show that I was legit <laughs> about what I am and who, um, you know, I was able to do that. I met friends from, um, on, um, on ACMG that live across like in the West coast. And we've got a chance to meet Mike Landy just met, got a chance to meet him, uh, over the summer. 
And uh, it was awesome because he lives in the West Coast. He came to Philly. He contacted me and we like, yes, let's have a conversation. I think we were in Starbucks for three hours having a great conversation together. Stuff like that. And also, you know, uh, Jay, um, Jay Dixon, he whenever he comes into town, you know, we try to, you know, hang out, stuff like like social media is about really connecting with people and having given the opportunity to connect with you know michael burhan from the uk now in china um you know stuff like that like people from around the world and getting to connect the purpose is like social media should be the prerequisite and then you transition over to real world not just stay in the world you know in, in, in a virtual world forever um like i said it you know using social media properly can gain opportunities and you know to find new friends and whatever but people don't do that you know what i'm saying so oh i'll give you another example i'll give you another big and this is one is a big because this is another milestone that i posted on september 2nd the other anniversary i love how this segues because the other anniversary to this it's the third anniversary of the time i got ACMG on a billboard as a tribute to Chadwick Boseman who died on August 28th, 2020. We just celebrated the third anniversary of his passing, unfortunately. And what happened with that situation for those who don't know, you know, we got new people. I got met ACMG, the Facebook group, managed to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman in such a grand way. Thanks to our ACMG member, Tasha Jennings and her husband Langdon. How this happened basically was that, you know, when we found out 2020, you guys remember that. I mean, yeah, I know we have a short attention society, but remember it was just three years away where we went through some of the darkest periods, probably of our lives, of, of our lives. If you're Gen X, millennial, Gen Z, whatever like that, Gen Y, whatever. It was one of the darkest moments of our life. It, it is, it changed us mentally forever and not in a good way and during a time when all that was going on we lost Chadwick Boseman and I felt like especially as as a black person in a black community of all the things that we were going through with Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and and, and um and and um everybody else that was that, that was dying rather from COVID or you know or or just from you know police brutality and violence and whatnot and then on top of that you know our president in the in the division we lost chadwick boseman that right there that i think that that sucked every ounce of soul that we had we barely had any soul left and I, of course, whenever somebody passes away of that magnitude, I tend to do a tribute banner for, um, you know, for that. You could not do some type of tribute to that. So I, you know, quickly created a really, you know, elaborate tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Apparently it did affect people when I did it. Um, so much so that Tasha, you know, she DM me, you know, and, you know, we were all it didn't matter black white whatever we all love chadwick boseman we all love what he did with black panther and his other movies as well but she contacted me 
and she wanted to ask me and i got the text right here of that you know it was august 29th that like a day later after you know the passing or acknowledgement of the passing of it um and she you know she wanted to know is like that you know because her husband and uh, her and her husband owns a few billboards in the in, in the valleys of south texas and they were interested in putting the artwork that i did the tribute artwork that i did on a billboard and i'm like oh hell, like for some reason one of my one of my one of my actual like i want to say it's like a um i don't want to say it's a bucket list thing but who wouldn't want a billboard of something that they put together on air and the, the idea of putting together a tribute to um chadwick bozeman and have acmg's logo on a billboard i how am i how was i ever to pass that up and give tribute to such a in such a fashion in south texas of all places you know i know there's some very nice people in south texas but they're also have been known some things that you know we've always been privy to and it's not always the most welcoming set region if you will not just texas just the region alone so it was really the significance of all of this which is great because langdon and tasha reached out and they really really cared and they wanted to do something really good with their platform i immediately you know gravitated to it and we made it happen and i remember when we when they contacted me uh which i believe was on september 2nd and they showed and they took pictures of it and they con no actually the thing is they contacted me via you know messenger video so i got to see it actually appear live and it was a moment it was a very emotional moment for me to see that and for them to show that and we shared a great moment all three of us me tasha langdon i couldn't thank them enough for that it was it's one again it's one of those things and one of those reasons why i take great importance to us being able to connect online virtually in a positive way not for benefits not for you know opportunities but for just you never know what's going to happen you never know who you're going to meet and you never know how to connect which is why it's like you cannot approach people online instantly as a villain as your enemy you you don't know who you're going to meet you don't know their background you don't know how how things how their lives are going to be how just a normal conversation you can't not to come in as a know-it-all because reality is nine chances out of ten you don't know it all nine chances out of ten you don't have all the you know the answers and know-how or have any merit of understanding of anything that you're talking about and you base everything based on a headline and base your opinion off of that which is a huge majority of people who probably doesn't have the educational background to prove or experience to prove what they're talking about but just going in just like i grew up 
on how to be a neighbor and on how to be a good citizen just how to say hello how you doing you know just be nice man like how hard is that i get we got a lot going on in this world and i get there's a lot of trust me i have a i i i have a therapist <laughs> okay i get it but it doesn't stop you from approaching things so differently a lot of us don't want to admit that we're going through some things and they use social media to displace their anger on things and it's just not we don't have to be and if we approach things differently trust me i'm benefiting from social media i think more and better than a lot of other people because of how i approach people because of how i conduct myself um and i make sure that the acmg brand represents that type of you know coexistence and peace no matter who you are no matter what you are no matter who you choose to be who you are it's a place that we all have something in common and that is that we all love the same things whether whether it's better more or whatever and if it's better fine we can learn from you if it's not fine you can learn from them but we all can enjoy each other's company in some way and those two anniversaries are a reflection of an idea of how we can really how we should be communicating on social media and you know hopefully for those who are listening to this you can take heed of that and just hey maybe maybe i need to change the way i approach people maybe i don't have to comment on everything maybe I don't have to be angry about everything. Maybe I don't have to approach people with my guard up all the time. Maybe I can actually be a friend to people. Maybe I can actually be there for somebody. Maybe we can enjoy the things that we want and have somewhat disagreements and it'll be okay. Maybe they are right. Maybe they are wrong, but at the end of the day, maybe I can learn from them. There's so many better ways to handle things. And I'm just putting it out there to say like, Let's create more memories. Let's create more good memories out there than we do have enemies because it's becoming more isolated and isolation is a very unhealthy, mentally psychological thing to have. At the end of the day, I feel like people know that, but they just don't want to advocate to it and it, it takes too much time to do it. So just take heed of that. Think about that for a minute before you go and ruin any opportunities that you have in life. So. With that said, folks, like I said, we got a lot more things to talk about. So let's not waste any more time. This wasn't a waste, but let's not take up any more time, I should say. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. going to say if you don't mind uh, if i could just take some time to just talk about the actor strike that's going on you know thank you because i didn't know whether you wanted to if you could actually go to that and uh, you know i've been following it on twitter and been supporting all of you kyle Habert and molly flanagan by all means please people need to know about this so I, uh, I don't know if like you know how many of your listeners are play games and stuff like that and um so the SAG-AFTRA is the actors union um, uh, 
and uh, they support the actors and they and they kind of set the guidelines for uh, for union jobs, mm-hmm. which means they establish the rate like that way. Uh, game producers can't abuse uh, the actors, so they they can't say like, oh, because there's so many people who want to be a voice actor, right? right? Like, so many people want to be a voice actor in a video game, but they set these regulations so they can't say things like, hey, you got to you you get to work for one dollar an hour, you know, because there's so many people who would who would do that. So um, the idea is that actors are part of this union, and 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 they. Um, uh, they have like kind of a standard um, and they have a contract that they agree to mm-hmm. and they negotiate to. And so the contract for video games, when it was created, it was created a long time ago when like gaming was was like such a new thing. Right. Um, and uh, and it needs to be, you know, the contract expires. So it needs to be updated. And the 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 sag after was in negotiations with um, several game producers and they couldn't come to agree an agreement Mm -hmm. and so because they can't come to an agreement the actors are on strike which means that we're not working right which means that you know for i guess uh, two months now i guess it's two months but if i'm correct this is this discussion has been going on for far longer than that correct Oh, yeah. It's been going on because they've been in negotiation. Right. Like they have been negotiating and they've been trying to come to agreement and um, it just hasn't uh, happened. So that's why we're on a work stoppage. And just to clarify this, it doesn't mean that all games are being stricken. Right. It's just certain companies. And these are the companies that are kind of like refusing the terms. And some of the terms um, have to do with um, what they're considering I guess like bonus pay. Yeah. So, you know, the actors would like to have some kind of payment, extra payment if the video game does really well. Right. And I think that there's this misconception that 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 the actors are like just trying to be greedy, right? So, well, when I go I, to I, I'm sorry. I yeah. know the LA Weekly was one of the misconceptions of that that they wrote well, an article they, about. Well, they wrote that. a story that kind yeah. of implied that um yeah. But just to clarify for your listeners so that you know that when the, we talk about this, how the bonus, the bonus uh, pay, uh, the, what, the way the, the proposal of how it is set up is that, you know, uh, as it stands, when an actor goes in, we work in four-hour sessions typically, right? So we mm-hmm. get paid for four hours worth of work. Right. Um, and then the idea for bonus pay is that we would get, a percentage of what we get got paid for mm. those four hours right um as a little bonus when the game makes two million co- like when it when it sells two million copies right so if it sells two million copies we get a little bonus mm-hmm. and the bonus is a percentage of what we made you know so it's not like it's we're not talking about like huge bonuses you know we're talking about like less than a hundred bucks like you know what i mean right 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 it's not huge and then then what happens is when the next two million so when it hits four million we get another little bonus Mm -hmm. and then when it hits six million we get another little bonus and then when we hit eight million you get another little bonus and then it caps out at eight million wow which means if a game makes 20 million 40 million whatever we don't get any more bonuses right now the actors don't get any bonuses oh wow we don't get any sort of bonus at all. 
So we just get paid for our four hours worth of work and that's it. That's, you know, so they would like to put in some kind of structure in there for like, Hey, if the producers are making a lot of money, then let's all, let's all spread it around and give a little bit back, you know? Um, and, and then the other thing too is about vocal health, you know, to have, um, to have measures in place to protect our voices because yeah. video game work is the most vocally stressful. Right. We're screaming, we're dying, we're grunting. Like I, sometimes you are screaming so hard that you can't work for the next two days. I've had Kyle Habert on twice talk about his ventures in Street Fighter Five, and you know he has to do all. And Molly Flanagan too, who does a lot of you know her, you know she's Naruto. She does a lot of screaming on both the yeah. show and the video game. And I asked them about how they preserve their voices like that, and they both. It's like you have to survive. If <laughs> it sounds like what you have to do instead of being you basically protected. have to not work. Yeah. You know? But they're not paying you to not work for the next. You know two days so it's it's a it's a little it's vocal rest is like the best that you can do um so yeah it's 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 uh it's a really it there should be measures in place to protect you know one's voice and then the last thing is that voice actors are not the only performers that are part of this um part of bringing the characters to life a lot of it has to do the stunt performers too. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we were on a movie set and there was an action scene, there's something called a stunt coordinator. Right. There is somebody there to make sure that the actors, the stunt actors, the mocap actors, that they're safe, that that all of the safety measures are taking in place, that they've rehearsed it enough, that everything is choreographed. Mm-hmm. There is nothing like that for a video game. Yeah, there is no safety coordinator on a video game set. Yeah. Uh, Ruben Langdon was on our show too. And he explained something similar to that too. Cause he does his yeah. own stunts. Yeah. There's nobody making sure you're okay. You know, and you look at games these days, it, it, they get, they're more and more action oriented. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a huge safety concern. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, those are the things that, that is in terms of what we're fighting for, you know, right. if what, what we're striking for. I got one question for you in regards to this, too, if you if you can answer this. Um, I watched the Video Game Awards just recently that just came out, and I'm sure you've heard. I'm sure you know about this. Uh, Nolan North, who's one of the most known voice actors out there, yes. did his speech. And first of all, I was wondering whether any of those select companies, the game companies, were going to be there. And, in fact, they were. So that was one shocker. Yeah. And then the other shocker was Nolan North coming out to talk about it and bringing up his speech. Um, I'm sure you may have possibly heard about it. Um, are you able to talk about his speech or have an opinion of what he said? I, I haven't heard his speech. Okay. Um, uh, I haven't heard his speech. Um, I am, I don't, I, you know, I've run into Nolan. I know who he is Mm -hmm. and, um, he's, he's a very nice man. Right. Um, I, I know that both him and Troy Baker do not support the strike mm-hmm. um but at the same time him and troy baker don't really you know <laughs> they have a different they have different options than most i take it no I, oh, no what i'm saying is that they don't make scale yeah they're they're kind of like celebrities right exactly so like if you were asking so for example like if you were asking like uh, Tom Cruise or whoever. Tom Cruise makes millions of dollars. That's his base pay. That's right. what he gets paid for this job. So if you're asking him to come and stand up 
and fight for like residuals, which is like little bit of percentage, you know, if a, a movie does well, like it doesn't really change, doesn't really affect him so much. Exactly. So, That's what I was pointing like, out when we had this discussion on our show re- um, a while back. So that, that, I mean, that's my personal opinion about it. Yeah. That said, I don't know. I, I have not heard from Nolan personally. So he, I don't know if that's really true, truly what motivates him. I can't say that's, you know, everyone has their own take on it. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is in support of it, but he has a different perspective because mm-hmm. he, it doesn't, I, it doesn't really affect him. Right. This is kind of like for the little people, for the people that come in exactly. and the hundreds of actors who come in and play soldier A, B and C and have to yell and scream and are like trying to, you know, pay their rent on their house and right. things like that, you know, where something like this would make a huge difference Absolutely. to them. And while they not may not be like huge stars, you know, they, it, their roles are important, you know, mm-hmm. in creating the game. So. Yeah. Understood. Well, like I said, I, you know, I've been following this for the longest time and I'm so glad that you were able to mention this and talk about this on the show because I really didn't want to talk about this, but I didn't know how far I can go, you know, whether you guys had some sort of, you know, um, stipulations on what can be said or not, but I'm glad that you were able to, cause I know you're one of the, uh, one of big stronghold, in this fight right now or in this uh, discussion per se. And uh, thank you for taking the time to talk about that because I think of course. It, I, 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 empath- mean- I empathize with you all as far as the hard work that you as artists that you guys put in and as somebody who was denied his worth and now is out doing his thing. This I trust me when I tell you, I'm so happy that you guys are fighting back. And to be honest, like it's tough right now because I don't think like we're not, no one wants to not work. Right. There are a lot of actors right now. There, a work stoppage means that we choose not to work. Right. We have decided that this means so much to us that we are refusing to work. So that's hard. We all have to, we all still have to pay our bills. Mm-hmm. We don't want to not work and we love what we do, you know? So this is, this is, but this is the only way we can kind of get the producers to listen right. and to pay attention and to see that we matter. So if you are not going to, uh, you know, if you're not going to like kind of come to the table and, uh, and take our concerns seriously, then you don't get our services. Right. But at the same time, just to keep in mind that it's, this is hard for all of the actors, you know, right. especially the actors who are, who really need the money, who need these jobs to make this choice. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right, real quick. So I'm just saying that probably was the longest intro monologue that I've done in the history of this podcast over 600 plus and I don't think they've ever been 20 minutes long but it needed to be said and hopefully you got something out of it so and we needed to celebrate those uh anniversaries indeed but real quick what you just heard was a clip of my interview with Stephanie Shea the voice of Sailor Moon um the voice of Orihime from Bleach and uh Hinata on Naruto it's a conversation that we had. It was one of the first interviews I had with her. And, you know, it was during the time of the SAG after strike uh, with the voice actors. So and she talked about what they were going after. So I feel it, it's really funny that I have to keep bringing this clip up and how relevant this clip is, because 
Now, SAG After is back again, uh, going against the video game industry. And that was what it was about the first time. So they're preparing to conduct a strike against the video game industry once again. According to Dateline, the Guild's national board has voted unanimously to send a strike authorization voted to members in preparation of an upcoming bargaining date with 10 signatory, signatory video game companies. Voting will begin September 5th in just a couple days and end on September 25th. The 10 companies targeted for possible strike are in some of these are no surprise. For instance, Activision Production Inc. They cannot get out of any controversy or issues. Blind Light LLC, Disney Character Voice Inc. Again, they're under fire already with SAG after. Electronic Arts Productions Inc. Not surprised there. They always seem to be in a mix of things. Epic Games Inc. Also always in the media for something. <laughs> for Formosa Interactive LLC, Insomniac Games Inc. Now this one is interesting because this one technically is connected to Sony. So you could almost almost kind of say Sony in this case. I think if I'm correct, Sony has a piece of the pie in this. So interesting one there. Take two production, uh, Productions Inc. Voiceworks Productions Inc. And of course, WB Games Inc., which I'm not surprised as well. They're under fire too. Um, with the SAG after and the, no, and the other strikes. If you guys remember, I talked about this and when I talked about the... Um, the Spider-Man 2 panel at San Diego Comic-Con, which Yuri Lowenthal talked about briefly about the uh, the writer strike and the actors strike that's going on right now, but explained that because there's under just different contractual situations with the video game industry that he was able to attend and do this one, that the, all the actors were able to attend and do the panel for this one. But he did also say that I don't know for how long, because they are planning to do a go on strike as well. So they were already aware of this going on. They were already in the works during that time. So he was like, we're just going to do this now and get it done before we can't anymore. And now we're seeing that this is happening. Now, the key issues include wages that keep up with inflation, which is very similar to what they're doing with the uh, writers and actors strike right now. 11% retroactive to expire. Uh, to expire, uh, I'm sorry, to expiration and 4% in increase uh, in the second or third of the agreement. Protection against unrestrained use of AI, which was another major issue that has happened in, uh, in, a, in a fight for the writers and uh, actors strike. Now, I definitely heavily am for this because if you guys remember, I talked about um molly flanagan and sean schimmel was ai'd with a with them with their voices doing a song from the weekend the artist the weekend and they did a song a, a, a hit song did it with their voices actually singing on here and i remember talking with molly on twitter or x now about that and she part of her was like okay that is slightly kind of cool, but I'm also not feeling this as well. She also talked about it just a little bit uh, on in a panel in a fan expo panel that uh, we were at, and I loved that panel because a lot of the fans when they did the Q and A, express their support, their solidarity 
for what's going on right now. And, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of those fans that were at Fan Expo here in Philly at the time heard that, that, uh, saw that post of the AI and all that stuff. And, you know, they don't want a replacement. They want Molly to be Naruto. They want Sean Schimmel to be Goku. We want all of these actors to be who they are. They don't want to be replaced by AI. Okay. Like that's just the thing. And, you know, being able to take, you know, full creative control of their beings, that, that to me is it's no, <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I remember in WWE, this was an issue in UFC. This was an issue where they kind of forced all of the talent to hand over their likenesses for video game purposes. And this was a issue that a lot of people had, but the wrestlers, they don't feel like they have much power to rebel against that. So they kind of did that. And I remember, you know, talking about CM Punk. I believe he was one of the people that didn't want to do that along with the idea of, you know, wondering where is his residuals going to be when all of these, you know, content, all of his content will be moved to streaming. Like if I recall, CM Punk was one of the first people who kind of fought against that in the, in, in the wrestling industry because he knew that, okay, you're no longer selling DVDs of my matches and everything because every DVD that they sold, they would get a piece of the cut. Every time some, every time their faces, their matches will be shown on TV or whatever like that, they get a piece of the cut. But with this new platform, which was streaming networks at the time, the WWE network was coming and they were putting it out there for everybody to see at any time. And Punk and a few other people were like, how are we getting paid by this? How's the pay window here? When people click onto our pages, how much do we get? And that just never got answered. So it was studios way and company's way for us to get content, but for them not to get paid. And he was, that was one of the things that led to him leaving WWE, if I recall. So, you know, say what you will about Punk, but he definitely is a rebel with a cause. And in that case, um, whether I agree on some of his things or not, he's done things that made people think, um, to that extent. So this is, it's funny that that happened. And the UFC also did the same thing. He made the, all the fact the fighters sign a contract that we can use your likeness for video games, whatever. And people didn't bat an eye for it because it's like, who, who are we going to fight against? What other opportunities do we have? You know, they, they, they had this leverage over these guys, which is sad. And they just felt like they didn't have a means to fight or rebel or unionize against that. So now we're getting to AI and it's like, okay, this is step, this is taking things too far. So now I don't want you to take liberties with my being and you take advantage of my character and do something that I would never approve of doing or being about. And that's kind of the, what's the situation now, same thing goes in a video game industry. You can use their voice and likeness or whatever like that to do anything that you want to do and make money off it. And what are, what are the, what are the actual people getting out of this? You know, so stuff like that, that's, that's the type of things that they have to do. And then on top of this, one of the other key issues is unregulated use 
of performance capture from stunt performers that provide motion capture. I think of people like um, Ruben Langdon. Ruben Langdon, for the the uh, former voice of Ken, uh, he, Dante from Devil May Cry, if you will. And he also is a stunt performer for a lot of the motion cap out there. So imagine like you, all your work is being used, but you're not getting paid for it. You know what I'm saying? Unless you have some sort of an agreement toward it. Like they need to have an agreement towards this. There need, you, you can't not use it for anything else other than what it was agreed upon. That stuff right there. On-camera performers, there's another key issue. On-camera performers to have the, the same five minute per hour rest period as off-camera performers are entitled to. I didn't know this was a thing, but I feel like on-camera performers should have longer than five minutes. I don't know. But I know time is the you know time is the key when you're doing these productions and you gotta you know I, I don't is five minutes long I don't know I need to ask around about that I need to ask Molly about that like is five minutes really a thing is is enough time you know um just like I said with the with the uh voice actors you know for that situation just getting that time to rest the voice and Molly and Kyle are two big examples because whether they're doing anime as keep like if, if Kyle's doing Kiba on Naruto or he's doing Ryu from Street Fighter, that's a lot of Hadoukens. When you're doing, you know, when you're Molly Flanagan and you're doing over 400 episodes plus movies plus video games and you're screaming Rasengan every single time. You're, there are times when Molly has said, and you could go back to our interviews on Talk Time Live and go into you know the exclusive interviews that I had with Molly and other people. There are times when their voices go out and they need to try to coke it, coax it up. They need to rest. They can't talk for the rest of the day because of that. That can be damaging to the throat. That can be damaging to your voice. And that was one of the things that they were fighting for because they don't have believe insurance or they're not insured or they have to insure themselves and all this stuff and they're not getting paid nearly enough to be able to take care of some of those things that they should be taking care of and a lot of their money not only just comes from voice acting but all the touring of conventions that they go to and all the stuff as well so you know they they hustle molly has been around the damn country and world <laughs> this entire year you know what i'm saying like so like they man they 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 hustle hard you know if you want to be a voice actor if you want to be an actor period it, it's not for the weak at heart you know what i'm saying and uh they will tell you they will definitely tell like kyle the interviews i had with kyle um we got five interviews with kyle and, and i think two or three of them that we've talked the audio versions i believe that we talked before we transitioned to video um we've spoken about how he can how he takes care of his voice and his methods to taking care of the voice and all this stuff but it's not an easy thing to keep doing the things he's doing because he you know he does a lot of roles all of them do like multiple roles and things molly at least to that respect she does naruto and she's doing the new baruto across naruto um you know game coming ultimate ninja storm game coming out so she had to do you know two three hours of those roles and it's not even just two or three hours it's two or three hours of doing 
like multiple takes of one line. So when I say Rasengan, she probably says that three or four or five times in different levels of, you know, different levels. You know, when a director is telling like, all right, go a little louder at the end, go a little bop, you know, to the top, go a little low, which see which one is the better one. And that's how they got to do that every single time. It's not like they just knock it out of the park one time and they just say, good, that's a take. We got it. Sometimes it's multiple times. And if you got to be one of those people that got to scream out like crazy, look, that's going to wear and tear on your, your, your body, your throat, everything. So these are the things that they try to fight for. But so a lot of times these studios don't give a rat's ass. They just want to get the content out. They want to get the money in and they want to get as much out for and give little. And there needs to be a change for that. Another key issue is pro, uh, prohibition against stunt on self-taped auditions and vocal stress protection, which I just talked about right there. Vocal stress protections, meaning probably they need to be insured. They need to have insurance. A lot of things that people, a lot of people on social media have misconceptions of what goes on in these things. This is why I have this platform. This is why I have this show. This is why I interview the people in the business that will tell you right there. It's everything which you wanted to see once is done, but it's not as old as it cracked up to be in the making. And that's what they're fighting for people. Duncan Crabtree, Ireland, one of my new heroes, him and Fran Tresser, all of a sudden, the Guild's national executive director and chief negotiator said, uh, in quote, the voice and performance capture artists who bring video game characters to life deserve a contract that reflects the value they bring in multi-billion dollar gaming industry. Voice and performance capture, AI, are already among the most advanced uses of AI. The threat is here. It is real. Without contractual protection, the employers are asking performance uh, performers uh, to unknowingly participate in extensive or, or in the extension of their artistry and livelihoods. Couldn't have said it better. Perfect. He always knows how to perfectly say this. Um, you know what I'm saying? It, it's this is I'm I'm sitting in solidarity for this as an artist and as a friend and supporter of this of all the people that has come to this show and educated myself and you on all this. They've given us so much. We need to give back and help and support this because once again, yes, this is involving Hollywood. This is involving voice actors, but there is a connection between what's going on here and what's going on in your neck of the woods, wherever you work at the company that you work for because the actual core of this is a corporate structure and that corporate structure that that, that practice that this that these studios is doing or these companies that are doing is the same corporate structure the template that is being used on every single company in every single industry it the same stuff that's happening here is happening i guarantee you everywhere if they fail here it's going to be bad for you in your situation because they got away with, they were able to get away with what they were doing here. However, if you support this, you're actually also supporting, even if you're not unionized, even if you sit in solidarity of this, you're also supporting this. Technically you are 
unionizing <laughs> without being in a union. But down the line, it will give you a chance to say like, okay, if it works for here, it'll work for you there. If they fight for their rights here, it will keep other companies from trying to do the same. You have to fight for your worth. It may be a sacrifice, but it, you have to. I had to as well. I'm, I'm talking from experience. I, if I didn't, I would still be working for the company that I was working for. But at the same time, I probably would have got laid off because a lot of those people got laid off. They had to transfer. They had to do something else because that company, because when I saw the signs, I said, and, and, and when I saw the signs and felt the stressors, I talked to my wife and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I've already proven my worth. It's time for me to do my own thing. And we did that. Not only did I do my own thing, she did her own thing. And now we're, we haven't worked for anybody. We've been our own bosses for over, I think six years for me. Uh, no, six years for her, but going to eight years for me, I think. Yes. Yeah, 2023. I left in 2015, eight years for me, six for her. So you got to fight for your worth people and you got to support these people no matter what. Now, real quick, two things, two more things on this. Um, I spoke to immediately when I learned about this, I spoke to Amanda C. Miller regarding our interview in November. Um, do you guys know she, I, I announced that she was going to come on to the show in November to promote uh, Boruto cross Naruto ultimate Ninja storm connections. Now you would think, okay, SAG after is going after the strike for the, for the gaming industry, but their focus is on 10 of these like 10 companies. If you realize, I think the, the significance of these 10 companies is that these are 10 American companies, maybe maybe i'm not sure these uh are owned by american companies bandai namco is not in on this list and bandai namco is a company from japan so if there's i think there may be a loophole to that and i i reached out to i reached out to amanda yesterday to see like okay um should we up the interview or should we just postpone the interview or what would still she believes that at this time she's not sure but she it shouldn't affect so let's keep it where it is right now so as we now know as as of now we can still do the interview but we're keeping ears and eyes on this situation and if anything changes we'll keep you informed from there it's really crazy because i'm like okay this is a video game and I know that they said that they were going to probably strike, but she could still be on the show to talk about this. So I reached out to her, like, I think last week and we were all cool about it, doing it. Cause we wanted to do it closer to November when the game comes out. So, and then this pops up, I'm like, oh crap. I, you know, I don't know where we're going with this, but let's see what happens. So we'll see. It could happen. It may not due to the circumstances, but as far as we know, they're focusing on 10 particular companies and Bandai Namco wasn't in it. So we'll see how this goes from there. Um, we'll keep you posted, but nonetheless, it's there. One more thing I wanted to mention and why this is important and why you guys should support by supporting all of these 
people, writers, actors, you're also supporting yourself. And I'm saying this because like, again, what's happening here is happening everywhere. It's just, this one is on a spotlight right now. Starbucks is also in, in, in the midst of controversy as well. They're being, you know, uh, people are pro, uh, camp, uh, protesting against them with the same similar situations. There are other companies that are doing it too, because they see what's going on here. I want to check, uh, this meme popped up, um, recently, uh, what is this from? It's from black millionaires. That's it's, uh, it's a, uh, it's a platform on Instagram, I believe. And they put out this meme. I guess you could call it a meme, but it's not really like a meme, like a jokey meme. This was like showing facts about something. So the meme said, sorry to ruin your childhood, but 30 years ago, the Power Rangers TV show launched Saban's Power Rangers. The one I never really, I told Boris yesterday on uh, the uh, Rampage Ramble, like I, I've never been really a fan of the Saban version. I grew up uh, watching the uh, Super Sentai shows from Japan, which was a little bit more serious tone. This is when the Saban series has always been campy. So I've never been a big fan of this. And I'm really not a big fan of what I'm about to read here. So sorry to ruin your childhood, but 30 years ago, the Power Rangers TV show launched. The actors were paid six hundred dollars a week with zero in residuals from the reruns they worked 12 hour shifts six days a week to entertain you as a kid the owner they say owners but the owner saban made billions while these actors are broke now six hundred dollars a week I can tell you right now that a lot of you that are listening, that's a minimum wage. That's a lot of you are getting paid that now in your normal everyday nine to five job. A lot of you listening now are probably getting paid more on salary. That's all they got. That's like, you know, yes, it is above indie wrestler level. Because indie wrestlers would get paid like 40 bucks to do a show to fall off a damn um, rooftop just to try to get people to get notice of them with no insurance. But these guys, $600 a week. I used to get paid that during retail. Before I even stopped doing retail, that's how much I was getting paid. That was that took care of rent for a studio apartment. <laughs> that took care of bills for the time being that you know on a weekly basis no that no dude that's not a lot of money so 6 12 18 20. you got paid two thousand four hundred dollars a month which let's do 24 you got oh my god that's exactly how much i got paid at my last job that is like $28,800. That was my last, that was my annual gross at my job. Luckily we are now doing much better than this. Okay. My wife worked at a, a at a vet hospital and got paid this much. Now she's worked, she's our own boss and she gets paid 
four times, five times as much as this now. And it seems to keep growing every year because now she's our own boss. That's the amount that a general manager would get paid at a retail job. At least at the time when I was working. That's a general manager's, you know, wage. That's not a cashier's wage. Cashiers gets paid less than that. At least they used to at the time. So that's that was your Power Rangers back in the day. Come on, man. If you like the Power Rangers, you can't like this. And if you guys remember, um, Amy Joe Johnson, I believe, who was the Pink Ranger. If you guys remember, they did a Netflix um, special just recently uh, about the Power Rangers, you know, Power Rangers reunion uh, special on Netflix. You guys recall, and this is right before, I think this was during before the uh, the passing of, um, of uh, what's his name? Oh, forgot. Forgive me. I'm forgetting the Green Ranger. Um, yeah, uh, oh God, uh, they just gave me Tommy Oliver. What is the hell is this dude name? Jason David Frank. Yes. But, um, they basically, they basically, uh, you know, it was during that time and I remember she opted out of doing that show. She opted out of doing it because she wanted to make sure she got paid. First of all, I think she came from, I think she came from or ended up doing a soap opera right after that, you know, after doing the Power Rangers where she ended up probably get more better paid gigs after that. And now you kind of, when you see that, you kind of understand why she opted out of, you know, doing that show because she wanted to make sure that she got paid thoroughly and paid her worth to do it. And they couldn't come to terms with a good negotiation for it. And people crapped on her because of that, but they didn't understand. Again, this is this this is social media, not knowing everything that goes on behind the scenes and assuming that they know everything without even having any experience in this stuff. So she opted out to doing it. And now we see why. When you hear stuff like that, this is why. This is not just a situation. Hollywood is projected as this very lavish, luxurious, high scale society type of thing where actors get paid to the wazoo. But there's there are different tiers of actors out there. There are the Tom Cruises, the Tom Hanks, the Ke Will Smiths, the Kevin Hart's, if you will. And then there's like lower tier, there's mid tier and then there's lower tier people. And those lower tier people are like people who like you see on commercials, but then end up being on TV shows after a while. Um, I remember if anybody's watched that show on Fox that got canceled recently with me and Bialik called, um, call me cat, which I really liked. My wife and I watched that show. There was a guy, the black character in that show who owned a bar and it dated the, uh, cat's uh, girlfriend from, uh, one-on-one. I've saw that dude on commercials so many times and he just stood out. He always stood out among all those guys. And I looked at him like, this dude's gonna end up in the show. And I always do this often. I always do this where I see people and I'm like, and I always, cause what happens is you start off in commercials. If you get gigs in commercials and all that stuff, you build a resume and then eventually you'll end up on a TV show or something like that because they like your look, they like your personality, you like your presence or whatever like that. 
And I like I knew this dude was going to end up because he also had a kind of standoutish like hairstyle. His his afro, he had an afro like the perfect afro. It was like unlike anybody has ever seen before. And then he ends up on a show. I'm like immediately recognize this dude. I'm like you can't know who this dude from. He's been on a couple four commercials or whatever like that. But you start out like that and you just build on it, you know. And you know it's it just it's it's just one of those things, man. Look, point blank support these people because you're supporting them you're supporting yourself and you're also slowly but surely getting into the fight for your own worth at best so that's all i'm going to say about that one right there let's talk about some anime stuff right here um coming later this month i believe 24th or 28th or whatever like that probably one of the most anticipated dragon quest games i've ever looked for is coming dragon quest the adventures of die um which is something an anime I've been wanting to check out for a long time, but I I just don't want to watch the damn uh, subs. Not again, nothing against the subs, but I just I work a multitasking life where like I want to be able to listen and enjoy the English dub because the English dubs are way better than they ever were before. I don't care what anybody says and anybody who says otherwise is pretentious as hell because these same people who claim that they love the subs they just love reading they they pretentious like if you really love the subs if you really like the japanese audio like that by all means go learn japanese you know why because then you will be able to tell whether the actual performances are actually good or not because you would know how the proper ways things are lo and behold not every japanese actor or out there doing uh roles in in, in uh, anime are good. I know this because I've spoken to somebody from Japan who said that they prefer some of the English versions of these animes more than that. So if she, if she actually does, then I guarantee you there's going to be other people who don't like p- particular deals. But you, us in the States, we don't know any better. <laughs> so we're going to like what we like because it's cultured. It sounds a little bit more cultured. You know, you're 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 pretending to think that you understand Japanese only when you have the subs, which is full of crap. Okay, so I will accept certain subs when I have to, but other than that, it's like I'd rather prefer, I'd rather prefer the subs. I mean the dubs. And thankfully, I didn't realize that they did this, but in July, Hulu got the rights to air the dub version so on hulu if you have hulu all 100 episodes of this show is now in dub exclusively on hulu so i gotta check out i'm like 12 episodes in and i am enjoying this show immensely and it will be the same voices i believe that will be voicing the uh video game and by the way this is a company this is a studio in canada so i thought that was very interesting too that's uh doing the um, ADR and, and and all the voices and the actors, I believe they're all, I believe all Canadian based. So um, I thought that was interesting as well. And that almost leads me to believe like, will studios start outsourcing? If this the case, because a lot of these studios are doing stupid things right now to avoid anything that's going on with the strike right now, which I think is atrocious. And it's not them really being empathetic to the needs and labor of these actors and writers right now. But that's a whole nother thing. So I like it. I like what I see so far. I'm liking the character die. Um, 
this is the first dragon quest anime series i've watched since dragon warrior um a lot of people don't remember the original dragon quest animated uh or anime that came out uh way back on local tv um it was an awesome awesome series akira toriyama uh it was akira toriyama's art and illustrations that were in here like during dragon ball wasn't the only show that he did he also did dr slump as well and dragon warrior was another one that you got to see akira toriyama's uh work in there too akira toriyama is one of the creators of dragon quest along with two other um another uh person a game developer as well they came together and put this together so when you look at this series it does have a different arts it has a slightly different art style in fact let me see dragon quest uh adventures of die artists i'm gonna look this up because uh yes koji Inada is the artist who uh does dragon quest uh, the adventures of die now the difference with this one like the character actual characters of die and the main characters are are more traditional anime based but some of the other characters the monsters if you will there's some hints of akira toriyama's art style and character design within a lot, some of the characters in particular the monster characters the dragons all that stuff there's hints of akira toriyama I don't know if it's paying homage to uh, a Toriyama style, but there is definite hints of Akira Toriyama in the anime and manga in here. And it stars the character Dai, who is this young warrior who's uh, growing up to be a mage. He was raised by a monster, if you will. And he's training to be a mage, but also he ends up going on a path to becoming a hero. And along the way, he meets along these other dest clandestine you know uh heroes as well that were trained under this mage and whatnot and they're going against this dark army in this case so um I, what i like about the anime is that it does play on the elements of an rpg um there's a net there's a dragon quest movie on netflix animated uh anime movie 3g cgi anime movie that i reviewed um a couple years back i believe uh, really good. I recommend that you watch that too. It's really awesome. But they also did the same thing where the world that they live in plays a lot like the elements and fundamentals of a RPG, of a Japanese RPG or RPG, if you will. And I like how they do that because you see the evolution of Dai, rather through his powers, through his uh, his magic that he's able to cast. Um, him as a warrior, he gets different swords, he gets different clothing elements, and all this stuff. So. We get to see a lot of that here and you know the game that's coming out later on this uh, this month is going to reflect on a lot of the key moments of the anime and the manga and there's going to be a lot of fanfare from that so if you are anticipating buying the game and if you have hulu go out of your way and check out the anime i'm really enjoying it right now i'm only on like what episode 15 i think right now um but you know, there's a hundred episodes in there in the series and uh, so far so good. I'm enjoying it. All right. Last thing I want to talk about is McDonald's of all things. This is going to make me hungry talking about this, but guess what? Another thing that is going to happen today after this show based on something I did last year on September 2nd, I'm going to Riyaki Ramen here in Philadelphia. I'm going to go to one of my favorite spots. I only go 
once a year now because one it's too far away from where i live and two all you do is eat ramen and watch anime and there's a lot of anime murals and everything in there if you go to go to talktimelive.com go on the blog page i have the article on there where i did my first review of uh ryaku uh ryaki ramen um or ryaki philly if you will food is so good and the, and the atmosphere is so awesome so um yeah go out go out away go to talktimelive.com go to the blog page and you'll see my article that i did with with the food that we ate in there and everything too especially those damn fries those damn riyaki fries go check it out please but yeah we're going there today as well but i digress go to talk about mcdonald's and a new commercial campaign ad celebrating all movies tv shows and anime that has ever mentioned the brand including the upcoming loki season two which i thought was awesome how they did this was really awesome so what you will see in this is a bunch of clips of everything that revolved McDonald's and almost everything because Pulp Fiction also mentioned McDonald's, but I don't think it was based on um, just talk because they were if that scene with uh, Samuel L. and John Travolta, they were comparing and contrasting the difference between the two. So I don't think they used that for that reason, but there was more than enough, you know, uh, references that they use. They use scenes from Coming to America, including the McDowell's comparison to McDonald's on there, which I guess you could use that because McDonald's is a fictitious you know, uh, it's a very fictitious uh, store that was mimicking McDonald's. You had uh, a scene from Richie Rich with um, Macaulay Culkin, I believe, did that one. Uh, Blank Man. That was the first thing that they saw. I'm like, wait, why is McDonald's showing Blank Man? And then they, I started realizing they're showing everything. The Fifth Element, Reality Bites, Clueless, uh, I'm Not Rappaport, WKW's Fallen Angels, The Longest Yard, I remember that scene too, from Paris with Love, Space Jam, let's go india this one this one got me the devil is a part-timer i marked out for that because if you guys ever watched that anime it is one of my favorite animes favorite comedic animes like you're literally the devil is working at a part-time restaurant and he worked one time he worked for kfc and then another time he worked for mcdonald's and it is hilarious that they did that um the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. And then at the end, they show a clip from Loki season two where we see um, the female Loki, I forgot what she called herself. And Loki, she's actually a a, uh, a cashier at McDonald's and uh, Loki comes in to see her again. So she, we got note that she's returning to the show. And they also show another scene on there as well with uh, Morpheus in there as well, uh, Owen Wilson. Um, so i if you haven't seen this commercial go to mcdonald uh i posted it on the acmg facebook group but you could go to mcdonald's um facebook account or social media it's on air it is one of the best commercials i've seen in a long time from mcdonald's and it, they proudly were flexing in this show too so go anyway check it out it is pretty awesome folks that will do for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and when I do, we're going to talk about One Piece, the live action series on Netflix. Did they get it right? We're going to talk about that and much more right after this. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Charlotte Chung. And Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Fight! Folks, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and this is my review of One Piece, the live-action series on Netflix based on the beloved, popular, one of the greatest animes of all time, and mangas of all time as well, on Shonen Jump. And... You know, we've been anticipating this for a long time. A lot of us otakus out there have been anticipating this, wondering if this was going to work, if this was going to happen, because to many's, to many people's eyes, not mine, to many people's eyes, their last venture into an anime did not live up. And that was uh, Cowboy Bebop. I still don't understand why people think that that didn't live up. I actually particularly enjoyed it. I know they would a few different directions story-wise but as far as costume design production value and everything i thought they did really good now we got this and don't also remember we got yu yu haka show coming too now that's the one like i love one piece i'm a fan of one piece i'm not as deep on it with many other people but i i'm watching it it's hard to watch over a thousand episodes literally um but i have watched yu yu haka show multiple times and that's where I'm going and that's where I'm going to be like, okay, they better get this one right. But I have watched the first few sagas of uh, One Piece leading up to the Ace Saga. So I've gotten to that part. If you get up to that part, you're still good, in my opinion. But I know they've done a lot of other things, but the most, still to many eyes, the most memorable saga is the Ace Saga. Like Ace is a heavy fan favorite among other people. So... That one is like, if you make it up there, you, you'll be fine. <laughs> you can you just pick up where you left off with the rest of the stuff, but they're starting from scratch and the, and what people wanted to see, is this going to live up? I mean, we started seeing some of the characters, the characters does look the part, but will they actually embody the actual characters, especially when it comes to Lu monkey D Luffy, because he's such an outgoing boisterous you know vigorous character and is are you going to be able to capture and a bit naive at times too are you going to be able to capture that well i think they found the right person to do it like inaki goto gori if i'm pronouncing that right he really really did a good job with that role this entire series this entire dip they did a great job in capturing the vision of ichirin oda Ichiro Oda and 
that's not an easy thing to do, but it helps to know that Ichiro Odo, who is the creator of One Piece, really put his hand in it and really has some great people backing it up. I mean, you had writers. You had some great, great heavyweight writers there. I mean, you had Steven uh, Maeda, who uh, worked on Loss. He was the producer of Loss. He was the producer of Daybreak, uh, CSI Miami to behind this and then even more you had writer of you had writer of uh one piece uh matt owens who also worked on luke cage who also worked on the defenders and also worked on ages of shield three awesome freaking shows like you can't say that look luke cage broke the freaking internet and Everybody who watched Luke Cage, whatever season it was, everybody loved that show. Ages of Shield, regardless of what they say, was the oh I I just watched that show. The it's from start to finish. Watch that show, start to finish. That show was awesome. And I don't care what they say. We talked about this before. There's no way in hell they're not connecting that show with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's too tightly connected, but you got two heavyweights writing this show or creating this show and putting together the show. And you could tell that there's a lot of uh, Matt Owens influence in here from past shows because he actually has some people that we've seen some familiar faces that we've seen on Ages of Shield. One being Jeff Ward, who played Zeke on Ages of Shield near the uh, end of the series, and he's playing Buggy. And lo and behold, he may have stolen the show because he has become a heavy fan favorite on the show with his portrayal of Buggy. It's a rather spot on version of Buggy, but also he put his little spin on it, give him a little bit more edgy and psychotic type of, you know, appeal to it. while also having a more comical deal. He plays this character perfect. Like he plays this character like I've watched he probably watched all thousand episodes one piece like five times <laughs> um along with everybody else like what they did with the show is so awesome they it i would say i feel like the formula that they did for this show was the same formula that edgar wright did for uh scott pilgrim and made sure that it really came direct from source. There was a lot of scenes, a lot of familiar scenes on here. I, I think they took less liberties and just more on the familiar continuity that we're used to and just brought it to life. They did that. I feel like they did exact same thing. I felt that this had every bit as the authenticity that Scott Pilgrim did when Edgar Wright directed that show. I mean, that movie and it made for a very fun, successful deal. A lot of f very familiar scenes and, and pivotal scenes that we're seeing that we've seen on the anime and the manga were shown on here. So many that you familiar scenes that we saw here. So many things that they did. I thought it was fantastic. Um, there were some really awesome added things that they did too. For instance, every episode had a different logo on air that signified the who, who the show was going to be focused on so i like that they did that and god the budget in this movie the one thing that people were worried about was the cgi budget because for them to do a a one piece one piece is a very 
particular type of anime that has a lot of strange, you know, um, elements in there. You know, you got people who are like animals that are walking around. You got people with, with devil fruit powers that are, you know, that has to do things that you wouldn't normally see. So a budget, a huge budget would have to play in here. I felt like the budget was heavily invested in the show. Luffy doing all the things that we're familiar with Luffy, Luffy doing. And it looked like the special effects here on this show. This is going to be funny because this is going to be compared to a lot. We talked about this. Me and Boris talked about this when we talked about Blue Beetle yesterday on, um, on the uh, Rampage Ramble podcast. The budget here looked like it was more invested here than it was when The Flash came out and that movie came out because everybody talks about the CGI on that show on that movie, especially when it comes to the multiverse aspect of it. But we said like how Blue Beetle was done before it was it was made before um, The Flash, I believe, and it was also made supposed to be made for strictly for Max, but end up being in theaters. This show looks like the budget was way bigger than a flash and it looked like it was heavily utilized properly. It looked the, the, everything just looked so great. The performances were great. Everything was like, I felt like I'd literally sit there satisfied. Cause I recognize a lot of the scenes, a lot of the people now, granted, I will say this, some of the actors, some of the, uh, some of the characters on the anime stature wise, scale wise, they're a little bit bigger in there. And you can't necessarily do that for a real life because there's not many people that are like 10 feet tall or whatever like that, because that's just always the exaggeration of anime in this case. But what they did with certain characters, I thought they did really well. The initial cast, I thought looked the part um like for i'll give an example craig Furbrass, who plays uh chef zeff in the anime that dude's like a giant <laughs> in the anime and the manga but what they lacked in in scale and size of the character they more than um compensated for with authenticity and look and and performance he looked like him they got the even the, the they even got the the uh, the mustache the, the the braided mustache and and everything they got him down to a pat. It just couldn't get the scale done. Um, what I just love about that is that if this was done in the '90s, and God bless any of you kids that are listening right now that weren't born in the '90s, but if this was done in the '90s, this would have been trash. They wouldn't have had the budget to do this they wouldn't have the imagination to do this and they wouldn't have the courage to do this because back then people didn't take this type of continuity seriously they didn't take anime seriously even and when people talk about voice acting bad voice acting it's mostly those who watched anime from the 90s or watch 90s anime because 90s anime and it's not a discredit to the actors back then it's a discredit to the direction and lack of respecting and understanding the culture they do now and because of that much like they do with comic book movies much like they do with video game related movies which is why sonic the hedgehog uh detective pikachu super mario brothers were some of the best mortal kombat the recent well the, the first mortal kombat movie was one of the best video game movies 
of all time. But now we've now been able to get to that level and supersede that. So now we got directors and writers who are actual fans of the genres. And that's what we didn't have back then. And that's why Michael Bay's Transformers didn't live up. And now the recent Rise of the Beast now lives up because now we got actual fans behind it. Even though he's executive producer or whatnot, he finally put his ego to the side and let somebody else do Bumblebee and let somebody else do Rise of the Beast because now it matches up. Now it looks the part. And even and he also had people do the Turtles and that was great. So we're at a great time where people were, were getting, you know, authenticity and quality put on. Like I'll give you another, I'll give you another example, um, of a giant character. Um, McKinley, uh, Belcher the third, he played Arlong another, first of all, the cosmetic job was spot on beautifully done his performance. Phenomenal. Awesome. Fantastic. Much like it was for Jeff Ward and everybody and Craig Furby, like all of everybody performance in this, in this show. I didn't, I've rarely seen anybody that had any issue with it. Morgan Dav, uh, Davies who played Kobe just loved it. Everybody in here, Nami, Emily Rudd, everybody questioned Emily Rudd. I think visually. As I watched this show, I started realizing like, yeah, now I see why she's, she's Nami. First of all, she, those eyes, those, she, her eyes looks like Nami. She looks like Nami. Um, she acts like Nami. I think the only thing that people are going to question is the obvious cosmetic assets, if you will, because in one piece, you know, Ito son over exaggerates women in here. So yes, she does have a frame. It's not the over voluptuous frame that people are looking for. Like in Japan, somebody just showed on, um, I posted a Japan, uh, cosplay deal. And I found out it wasn't a cosplay. It was a Geico commercial or something like that in Japan where they had these guys dress up and look just like the actual characters from one piece. The Nami character is extremely spot on. If you, if you know what I'm talking about. I mean, extremely spot on and yeah, I don't, I think it was a, it was, a, I think it was a progressive commercial or a Geico commercial or whatever that they did. Um, it was a while that I posted this. I got to try to find it, but nonetheless, it was absolutely spot on and that's what people were expecting. But, oh, here it is. Here it is. Let me see who posted this. Um, da, 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 da. one piece straw hat live action commercial. Damn it. They don't tell me who it is. Yeah, no, it's an, oh, it was a commercial for indeed, you know, the job placement deal. It, it was a pan commercial for indeed. And in there, like everybody looked their part. Everybody looked at part of here, but Nami, oh my God, body wise looked exactly like her, but it's safe to say that the Nami in here, Emily Rudd, who's not related to Paul Rudd. I checked. <laughs> she, uh, she, I, I see why she did the role. She looks awesome. She, she looks absolutely cute. She plays the flirtatious role and I love every one of her scenes because it reminded me of all the scenes from the anime, especially when she stole the actual boat and played that role. She's, she's great. She is phenomenal as her and she is so cute. <laughs> in here. So I get why what's going on. The other thing you talk about taking liberties. If they did take liberties in one thing, 
is Jacob Romero, who plays Usopp. He's not the Usopp with the big nose that everybody, with the Sereno nose that everybody wants, but his performance, I thought he was absolutely great in here as Usopp. Um, I didn't hear too many complaints on the ACMG group, and I didn't care to reach out to find out what everybody else was thinking. This show was so good. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I love this. I loved it, but it come, comes to find out that this this show was highly rated among fans. It got an 8.5 out of 10 ratings on IMDb. 34,000 people rated it and gave it an 8.5. That's a huge rating for that deal in there. I don't know about, I don't know, I don't know what uh, Rotten Tomatoes has gotten, whatever like that, but this show is being highly praised by a lot of people. I, I can tell you that, but um, what they did take liberties was in terms of Usopp, is the scene with Kea, who um, plays uh, Celista Lotz, who plays Kea. And it's something that we didn't get to see before in the anime or manga, but we got a chance to see here. Um, I can't remember where I've seen her before and what other show or movie did I seen her before, but I've seen her before in other things, but we got to see something on this that we never got to see in anime or the manga. Usopp and Kea actually kissing and showing PDA. And I, I was shocked and I was extremely happy because I'm like, why hasn't Usopp gotten any play? Like they obviously like each other, but they never showed in an anime. We got a chance to see it here and it was absolutely fantastic to see. So. All in all, like this, this series only had eight episodes. I don't know if this is just season one, or I don't know if there, if there's going to be another half that we're going to see coming later on, but this is, they ended off on a great note and we, at, by the end, you know, he, we finally got to see the scene where, um, Luffy gets the biggest, biggest reward bounty than anybody else and putting the straw hats on point. But I also love the theme here that they put is that like, you can't judge a book by his cover because the theme, which I loved about, what I do love about One Piece period is that not everything's what you what it seems. Yes, they're pirates, but as Luthi kept saying here, they're good pirates. The Marines are the Marines, but as you know, Toby is learning or Kobe is learning is that there's also some shady characters in the, in the Marines, especially when they're working with the, you know, the, some of the pirates, some of the most shadiest pirates in, in, in the land. And that's what I love about this. I mean, I think what people relate to this too, is like, there's some real, there's some hints of reality in this show that relates to real world stuff, especially when it comes to the Marines. So they did a great job you know, really illustrating that onto this show. And I'm looking forward to seeing way more of this. This was, in my opinion, this was a major hit. Um, I hope this is the beginning of more. Again, we're going to see, we're going to also see um, Yu Yu Hakusho coming. And we saw what these guys look like. They're going full Japanese cast with this and, uh, or Asian cast with this. I'm not sure if, every one of them are going to be from Japan or whatnot, but it's hard to call an American Yusuke Yurameshi, okay? Yeah. Or Kubo, Kuhara, um, if you will. 
but if it's any bit as good as what this is done, I am so ready. I hope I so hope. And that's supposed to be coming soon too. So, and I also like the fact, oh, another, another thing I like, and I talked about, I mentioned Scott Pilgrim and, and, uh, Edgar, right? One of the things I absolutely love is every introduction of a new pirate character comes with the wanted poster, a graphic of the wanted poster coming with their face on it, introducing them, followed by them interacting with that poster. Like some, one of them like burnt the poster, another person like ripped it. Another person balled it up and threw it away when it was in front of their face or whatnot. Another person, you know, chopped it with a uh, sliced it with their sword or whatnot. I love that because it reminded me of Scout Pilgrim. Whenever Scout Program or one of the evil exes come in, there was this huge elaborate introduction of them in there. They kind of went that same route. There's a lot of great Edgar Wright type of things in here. The special effects was great. The storytelling was on point. The authenticity and fanfare was off the charts with this show for me. If I'm giving this a grade, this was an A plus show in my opinion. A lot of people enjoyed it. This was awesome. They gave us it's going to be interesting to see how far this goes whether are they going to skip some some sagas because are they going to focus on some of the more pivotal moments in the deal and by the way at the end we haven't there's a few characters that we haven't seen yet but they're preparing for one of which is smoke smoke is coming so we've seen that we've seen that on on a rise and you know there's Stuff to be uh, much anticipating for next season. Um, yeah, this is an A-plus show for me. I've really enjoyed everything about it. I'm praying that it keeps on, but it's just a matter of how far are they going to go? Because this show has a thousand episodes on anime and is as much on a manga too. I don't think their budget is going to last long enough for people to want to work with this. Um, I mean, I, it, it could possibly look what they would look what happened with the flash. The flash lasted for a very like eight seasons. And throughout those eight seasons, the special effects, the graphics, the, uh, the CGI were off the charts. It was next level with that show. Um, we saw with Marvel cinematic universe, but Marvel spends movie level budgets on their Marvel, um, on their Marvel shows. So I don't know if Netflix is ready to do that, but can we at least make it all the way to the a saga at least at least i don't know how far it goes from there at this point if if there's i mean there's the other thing too luffy evolves you know he gets he gets into gears now so are we going to get to that level there's so like i don't know how long this show is going to last i don't know how they're going to do this i don't know <laughs> and on the top of that the the actors and writers strike is happening so damn it it may be a while before we see a second season but we need something because what else do we have cobra kai is about to end <laughs> okay um there's nothing else like that coming uh, to that nature that's gonna get people in like this show is awesome so if you haven't checked this out go out of your way check it out if you never watched one piece before you can watch this show and never watch or read one piece ever uh the anime at what i'm talking about you can watch the show and kind of be a prerequisite because a lot of what happened in this show 
has actually happened in anime almost exactly. So I would definitely recommend watching the anime um, first or reading the manga first and then watching this. But you can watch the first two episodes. And if you like what you see there, definitely watch the anime because they're doing a great job replicating a lot of what you see in that case. So there you have it, folks. That will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do next week. Maybe it's, maybe Gran Turismo. I'm finally going to see that and give that a... Because they're getting a lot of praise, apparently. I don't, I'm don't. i listening based on the commercials, not by what's saying on social media um, or reviews. So commercials tend to take liberties on what people say. I don't know. I did say I wanted to see this movie, so maybe I will make it a point to check it out this week. Um, again, folks, we're counting down. This is officially September. This is Countdown to Combat. Maybe an episode based on Mortal Kombat, a revision, a relook at the Mortal Kombat movies um, leading up to this coming up. I don't know if something's going to be done with Mortal Kombat wise, whether on Select Start or here, but we're counting down. Also, wait, Cyberpunk 2077 is this month as well. Um, Adventures of Die, uh, Dragon Quest is coming out, coming October. New York Comic Con. We're a month away from New York Comic Con, like literally a month from today from New York Comic Con. I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. Um, should be awesome. Possibly the biggest con of the year because probably the most star studded con of the year because, you know, unfortunately, San Diego Comic Con do just happened right around a strike. So normally they couldn't do all the things that they're going to do. I don't know, you know, what New York Comic Con is going to have. I know Chris Evans is scheduled to do a panel. I don't know to what end he's not doing anything new in in terms of Marvel Studios or whatnot, but I guess they could have him there and there's going to be a few panels there. So we'll see about that. Um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be very interesting. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be seeing uh, Trevor Noah too while we're there too. So, but also coming because I'm holding it in my hand right now. I'm holding the limited edition dual sense wireless controller for spider-man 2 in my hand right now i got it from best buy and just this will not be open until the release of spider-man 2 which is coming out in october i cannot wait along with other things so stay tuned for that but we will have another show this week uh on both shows talking about what's going on in both of those fandoms and uh thank you for checking us out if you like this episode and every episode that we do here on ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, you could definitely check us out at our official website on TalkTimeLive.com, where all of our content, all of our audio episodes, our video exclusive interviews are all there. You could check us out there as well. Uh, our blog page, remember, I just uh, got a new entry for the new controller for the Switch. If you want to go check that out, that is on air as well. And, um, it's the Mana Monarch uh, Switch controller, which feels like a dual shot controller for the PS4 in the hands of a Switch experience. So you can go out of the way and check that out. Very reasonably priced too. So I'll give you the details in there. You could go on to talktimelive.com and go into the blog page there or talktimelive.com forward slash blog. You could just go straight there. Peter Cullen's Q&A is also there too. It's pretty awesome there along with other content there as well. Uh, also, if you subscribe and download to your favorite podcast platforms, if you like go to places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, you know it, we're all there as well. You can check us out there and keep supporting us and keep us growing and keep us going. This is free content, by the way, people. You can't go wrong with free content. 
And especially considering like there's a lot of people in the world that just need something great to listen to. And, you know, if you could get a chance to hear some of your favorite people, why not? You can go out of your way, check it out. All of your favorite people, all on TalkTimeLive.com. So, folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, all I got to say is, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, by the way, <laughs> saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am heading to Riyaki, Philly. See you guys later. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.